This is episode number 98, The Power of Human Connection, with Teresa Quinlan. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohib, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to an upcoming event in San Diego on November 16th called Flourishing Beyond Your Circumstances. This is an experience that was created by other community members from the Overcoming Odds tribe, where you'll get a chance to hear stories from powerful speakers, as well as be a part of breakout sessions intended to help you share your own story. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guests. This week's conversation features Teresa Quinlan. She's a builder by nature, trailblazing in order to achieve the desired outcome toward evolution. Emotional intelligence is a remarkable foundation toward organizational, group, and individual success. It is the basis for three key features. Optimum performance, leveraging talents and IQ, well-being and happiness, eloquently managing stress and change, social and emotional functioning, capitalizing on the power of relationships. Without further ado, please welcome Teresa Quinlan. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Odds podcast. Today's guest is someone that I was fortunate enough to meet through the power of LinkedIn and the Humans First community that I've been fortunate enough to be about for the past couple months. Her name is Teresa Quinlan. Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Oleg. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of it. As as you and I were talking before, you know, it takes it seems that to me there's so many layers. It's like an onion. Every time you start with a new connection and then you gotta unpeel it. You gotta reach out to them, schedule a call, then you figure <laughs> out what's possible from there. And then beyond that. So there's so many different layers to it. So I don't know which layer we are at within that partic- within our particular onion, but we've certainly peeled off a few layers to get to this point. And, you know, it's been fascinating to me about kind of your story and your development is the perspective that you've developed based on your own lived experience. And I think before we dive into this theme that I wanted to explore for this episode, and that is how can I increase harmony and depth in the connections I have within friends and family and some of the newer connections, colleagues, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be important for us to understand who you are as a person and how you come into that particular theme. So the way that I would like to start this off is pose this rather loaded question to you, and that is, who are you? It is a loaded question because sometimes I think there's supposed to be a right answer. Mm Mm-hmm. People are judging your answer as, oh, are they going to answer as in what they do? Oh, well, they're not really then very uh, aware or developed. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. when you ask me that question, usually the first thing I always think about is I am a human first, 
And who I am as a person, it really comes down to how I feel on a regular basis. So who I am, I think is best described as happy and as joyful and playful. I am also things like resilient, crazy, stubborn, a lot competitive. (laughs) And all of these things to me are all positives. When I know that they're working for me, Mm-hmm. And crazy negatives when I see how they're derailing me. And so it's an interesting sort of conundrum in getting older and spending time getting to know who I am is realizing that all parts of me have pros just as many times as they have cons. And it really just depends on the situation that I'm in. Mm-hmm. I love the way you answered that because you're so spot on. It's oftentimes I think when we get asked that question, it's like, there's a right answer to it, but yeah. really it just is. It's who who do I choose to be in that moment? And I've always, for the longest time, I, I struggle with that as well because whenever mm-hmm. I was asked that by high-level executive or someone else who is not in that field, it's like you're asking me, and I think the answer you're looking for is who am I in this particular situation to you? It's like who do you mm-hmm. want to see out of me type of thing? And you need me yeah exactly yeah and it forces i think a mask upon you yeah like one that you think that you don't have a choice but to wear in front of Mm -hmm. that person in order to be accepted in that particular space it's often confused i think what can i do as opposed Mm. to who i am and if we can define who we are then really we can do anything because we really can learn how to execute on a lot of skills mm-hmm. and, and things that people would find maybe value add in, in a workplace environment or what people, what do people need from me is generally what can you do for me? Mm-hmm. However, there are a lot of people that I engage with that, you know, who are you? What do I need from you? Has nothing to do with what I can do and is only related to who I am. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's so well said. You know, to, to segue into the theme that we spoke of earlier as far as the, the depth of the connections, the way that mm-hmm. I'd like to approach that is based on my own personal experience, I've lived through kind of a, a roller coaster where I started off and I thought that it was about the numbers. I thought mm-hmm. that it was just X number of people within your network on LinkedIn somehow puts you into this all-star category of other people but then i realized that it's not about the number because it's quality over quantity but even within the select few that you develop relationships with the question always for me has been as well how do i evolve that you know is there more to it um can we go deeper with a particular connection what was that case for you like when when did that make sense for you as far as i don't know if you've gone a similar journey where you might have focused on the numbers and then you realized, okay, there's more to that than this. And then within like the certain depths, like how do you navigate through that? I hadn't experienced that, but that is probably related to more of how I've always been when it's come to relationships. And by always, I mean, from a very young age, my connections with people have always been few, but deep. Hmm. And that, has been part of my MO 
not a cognizant part when I was younger, didn't purposefully choose to have less friends of higher quality. It just worked for me that being able to spend time and get into the depths of who I am with someone else based on my youth trauma, it was difficult for me to trust a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so when I found those people that I knew would be very careful with my story that I could open up to, it was a limited group of people. And I believe that has carried, has been with me my whole life now. And so when I think about things like LinkedIn and, and social media, with LinkedIn, when someone reaches out and said, hey, can I be part of your network? I'm just like, yeah, you, sure. <laughs> Anyone can be part of the network. Anyone can follow. That's great. And I believe they're asking potentially because they've seen some sort of content uh-huh. and they like the content, it resonates with them and they would like a little bit more of it. Now, some people will see the content and go, oh, I kind of like this person. And I, I would like to reach out to this person and, and see if they would like to maybe be friends or have a conversation or have a, a virtual meeting. And I'd like to see if maybe I could get them, get to know them a little bit better. And anytime someone requests that of me, I always say yes as well. Mm. I mean, yes to all opportunities to meeting people. Because as you said, you never really know where it might go. Mm-hmm. This could be, you know a best friend experience. This could be an individual who in that moment just needed someone to say yes. And it, it allowed them to tip into a better, you know, rest of their day, which allowed them to get out of potentially what was leading up to it. Mm. And so that, that sort of giving nature of when people need of you just say yes to those experiences is kind of how I've been navigating the social media platform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it has definitely led to, one conversation over the next, over the next, over the next to collaborations to like really big, big things, friendships, deep friendships have, have resulted from it. And sometimes it has just been sort of like, Hey, great to meet you. And you're like, great to meet you as well. And and that's where it ends. And I'm cool with all of them. Mm, I love that point. And I want us to take a, a step back and, and dive a little bit into what you mentioned as far as the childhood trauma and things that you went through and how they shaped who you are today, because I myself am someone who went through a trauma of my own when I was a child. And, you know, for me, the, the hardest thing, and it's actually going to be very interesting to share this particular chapter. I just finished the first chapter of my book. And one of the chapters that I talk about is the relationship that I have with my dad, my adopted dad, and how for the longest time I didn't fully trust him because I didn't have a role model to trust for my first 12 years mm-hmm. of my life, a male role model. So the trust component, it's it, it's very interesting because I've always been fascinated about, well, how does that develop? And each individual experience is so different. You know, for, for, me, for one person, it might take one conversation and one kind of light bulb moment. It's like, okay, I can trust. And then for other people, it may be a lifelong journey to even uncover one part of their aspect. So in your case, take us a little bit back as far as what was that childhood traumatic experience that you went through and how did that impact some of these levels of trust and forming some of these connections that you move forward? Friendships, I mean, I'm sure it, it probably even influenced your family. Mm-hmm. 
the you know the trauma is all around abuse and multiple levels of abuse so physical abuse mental abuse emotional abuse sexual abuse it's an experience that unfortunately a lot of people experience in life one or all types of abuse and because they were members of my family that sort of amplifies sometimes the experience you can't when you're a kid you can't get away from it it's mm -hmm. always around you right you're kind of, this is your environment and having those really close relationships with individuals uh like my mom who's you know it's it's your mother and so mm -hmm. how she was with myself and my siblings was very different than how she presented herself to the outside world when I tried telling parts of my story to friends or um, aunts and uncles or teachers, there was this disbelief because how she showed up in the real world or in the world was different than the description I was giving. And so I'm this kid mm. that wasn't to be believed for whatever. Mm -hmm. When I first spoke of being sexually abused, I, my grandmother was the first person that I told and she just flat out, responded with, well, that can't be possible. You're probably just tired and you should probably go to sleep. And I was nine. I remember I was nine when I said that. And my older sister was beside me when I said it. And that those experiences sort of, it's not that they necessarily shook me, but mm -hmm. they really did sort of help me to think about how do you identify the people who will believe you? Mm-hmm. And then how do you identify the people that won't judge you when you do tell your story? And throughout life, you you learn how to test. You mm -hmm. learn how to test people with, you know, I, I went to the corner store and um, when I was buying the penny candy, I added like two more. And you want to see how people respond to even sort of a slight in your character. Will they judge you? Will they not judge you? Will they share parts of their story? Will they want to connect with you? And if they're willing to connect on these really small things, then sharing the rest of what might be happening to you, what your experiences are, what your thoughts are, becomes a little huh. bit easier, right? <laughs> and so there were there were people that that give you that trust in exchange and they'll divulge parts of their personality or parts of their life with you. And then you sort of grow in that, ability to trust each other and you see the confirmation back and then along the way of course you will meet people that that don't do that either that's from an early age how i figured it out that's a really fascinating perspective um you know i i've i've used similar methods to what you just described when it comes to personal and professional networks so I, I'm a firm believer that I think, for, based on my experience and what I choose to believe, it is that you have one network. I have one network. And if the people are there for me, then that's that's the people, regardless if there's someone that I just met off LinkedIn or someone that I've known for 10 years. Yes. So I always look for the same traits and the mm -hmm. same characteristics within people instead of putting people in buckets and say, okay, Teresa is only good for this part. And I right. cannot use her for this part. This right. person is good here and I can't use them here. Because I think that's what it boils down to. It's like label. Mm. What label do we associate with each person? Which is going to develop the level of trust we have with them. So if I only view you as this, I'm not going to trust you in other areas of my life. Mm -hmm. 
So I love this concept of being able to kind of test it out to figure out, okay, if I share this component with them, how are they going to respond? And based on that response, I can take them along this journey even farther. Mm -hmm. So I had like my older sister was there for everything and anything. And then I had a cousin who was also there through Crystal, through anything and everything. And then uh, that was almost it for a while where I shared and divulged my entire story and my entire experience when I was young until I was about 18. Mm-hmm. And then, then I told my mother because she asked me uh, a very direct question related to the sexual abuse. And so then I told her all of that. And that was an interesting experience to say the least. Her response was interesting because her response was, I knew it. I always knew it, but I didn't say anything. Mm. (laughs) Even repeating that, I get a little emotional thinking, if you knew it, why wouldn't you have done anything about it? It takes me back to when I was that child and just craving for someone to believe it, to help me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so it was an interesting it was an interesting conversation. It, it shifted a lot throughout my experience with my mother at mm-hmm. that point. It was already a, a rocky sort of relationship anyways. And then to get to this point where she admitted that was made it a little bit challenging for me to continue wanting to have a relationship with me. And I truly believe that the biological family you are born with is not necessarily your family, mm-hmm. right? This, There's no obligation to your biological mother being your mother. And I had the great fortune of having an aunt and friends of my mother's who were more mother figures for me than than my own mother was. So Mm -hmm. I did get from them the things that I needed to really flourish as as a child, um, as a teenager, as a young adult. Mm -hmm. How how did you sharing that story how did that change your family how did that change the dynamic so the individual that was the perpetrator had passed away already and i think that probably made it a lot easier because they weren't present anymore Mm. so i'm not really sure it changed the dynamic very much Mm -hmm. i don't think it really did I think perhaps what was maybe lingering unsaid was now said, but I don't really think it changed anything else. Not yeah. at that time. That's very interesting. The only reason I, why I ask is because when I started sharing my story and I started to share elements, especially of my upbringing, my family, and because they were halfway across the world, I, I've always was curious as far as how they how are they respond and my presenting them in the best view and, you know, to a degree, what I've learned is that you only know what you know. Mm-hmm. And after a while, you and I can look at the same exact object and have two different perspectives of what mm-hmm. we saw. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think just learning to live with that truth on an individual level, it's, it, it's hard, but it's, it's you. Mm-hmm. It's like the most do, you you could be, I think. Right. Yeah. I do think for my mother, it added a layer of guilt onto other layers of guilt that she was already carrying. And she continues to carry that. However, I can't fix that for her. 
Uh-huh. I could never fix it for her. So even in, you know, our first conversation and conversations that ensued after it, while I have healed, moved forward, um, continue to share the story to help other people, she still really carries a lot of the pain, mm. mm-hmm. which is sad. What have you learned about yourself throughout this journey of sharing your story and connecting with other people through this experience? You know, for me, as I, so as I got older, what I ended up discovering and usually a sort of mid twenties, I figured mm-hmm. it out. Well, I already I kind of already knew it, but I didn't try it. <laughs> so I went from big difference between was, the two. <laughs> yeah, I, I went from sort of believing I was something to then acting on that belief. And the belief was I am strong enough just because I am enough. And there is no external judgment that shifts that there's only internal judgment that shifts that. So the realization of I am in complete control of everything that I believe and choose to believe about myself, about the external world. And so if I wanted to believe that I was damaged, that I was hurt, that I was um, incomplete, that I wasn't strong enough, those were my choices. If I wanted to believe that someone else was cruel or kind, was stupid or smart, pick a description. Those were my choices to believe. Mm -hmm. And choosing to believe the best of people, the best of self was so much was such a better experience than choosing to believe the other. And while, you know, some people could consider this unbridled optimism, it isn't because it does not go without objectivity. These things go hand in hand, right? So yes, I am optimistic. I do believe in generally the more positive side of things. And then I also remain objective. So in fostering relationships with people now, It's like, here we go. Here's the center of the onion. That is so much easier to just give it freely than to force this process of trying to remove layers. Because if I can show up and just give it freely, here's the center of the onion. It allows other people to go, oh, well, I I guess I can share everything about me too. And that just gets to the meat of it a heck of a load faster. Yeah. And I think within that, what you just mentioned is that I, I've certainly faced instances like that where I'm asking questions and asking questions to like get to the core of it, you know, like who is this person? Because this question was like fully flourishing, but then this question was like held back. I'm like, okay, right. like what what's what's at the core of this person and how much can I share without having to feel like this information may be misused or I'm going to be presented in some other way to another group of individuals. So I, I love, I love what you've done as far as personal development and the journey that you took, just show up, be you, and then let the other person decide for how they choose to view that. Yeah. I can't control either how they choose to perceive it, what they decide to do with it because their behaviors and their actions have nothing to do with me. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we, and the other thing is I think you know, we're all at different chapters of our lives and mm-hmm. we're all going through our own daily battles. Mm-hmm. So the things that you're going through may not be the things that I'm going through. So right. how do we meet each other in this space of common ground regardless of what we're going through? So I, I, I love that point of just, just show up, be you 
with what you know and who you are and then let the other person decide because you can't control that. You don't know what they're going through. And that yeah. impacts how mm-hmm. how you make decisions and how you view mm-hmm. other people. It sure does. Usually I describe it when people ask, well, how do you do that? How do you see someone else's you know, perspective? And well, that is empathy. Empathy is understanding someone's perspective, not necessarily agreeing with them, but it also is how do we connect with their perspective? So I might not get pissed off when someone cuts me off in traffic, uh, but I have been pissed off before. So when you're telling me about the moments of things that have pissed you off, I don't have to agree with what triggers your emotion. Uh I have to understand the emotional state. And guess what? Most of us have experienced the same range of emotions, not from the same triggers, but that's where we connect. We connect emotionally, not experience event wise. Yeah. And we're trying to place ourselves in the shoes of other people's experiences rather than in the shoes of other people's emotions. We don't have to put ourselves in their shoes. We just have to live in our own shoes and go, oh, I've been hurt before. I've been sad before. Mm. I've been in grief before. I've been, I've been. And all of a sudden we go, I get you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, so much of, I think, finding common ground is you right. It's not knowing that you've lived the same exact experience, but just the principle. Like what? What's the principle? What's connect? I th- that's why I firmly believe with just connections in general and in people that I think most of us, to a degree, are looking for similar things when we look at principles like desire to connect, belong, find a place where we're supported and heard. Now those are diff- those come in different forms, and that's perfectly fine because what may work for you may not work for me, and that's okay. So I I love that just aspect of humanity and the different groups like Humans First have created similar spaces for those particular things to be lived out. Um, Yeah. Final thought for today's episode, and this is a question that I ask all of our guests, and that is who or what are you grateful for today? Today I've had the distinct pleasure of you know, speaking with you and also running my own podcast episode with my BFF, Reese Thomas. And what I love about the experience of having a conversation with someone is the exploration of thought, the Mm. exploration of ideas, the digging into something that perhaps I hadn't considered before or was considering, but I looked at it at a different, in a different way or from a different perspective. And now having taken the opportunity to speak with someone in a different country, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Thousands of miles away from each other who grew up in very different experiences. We now get to talk about a topic. We get to explore, we get to understand, look at it a different way. This is how I think I grow the most mm-hmm. is being able to have these kinds of experiences because, you know, if I do it all the time with my husband, my son, my sister, we're, our diversity is, is pretty small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our, our experiences, we grew up in similar ways, similar atmospheres, similar family dynamics, like really similar. And so our perspective gets really narrow when we do that. And if my goal is to create more harmony in the relationships that I have, 
I have to have a broad perspective. Mm -hmm. That is what allows me to really dial up empathy. That's what allows me to have great harmony in relationships with other people is having a much broader perspective than my own experiences. Mm. Teresa, how do people find you and what are some of the things that you have coming up as part of your work that people can be a part of? Yes. So LinkedIn, uh, Teresa Quinlan, I think you just searched my name. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm active every day of the week, Monday through Friday. I usually post new content around emotional intelligence and leadership. I um, also have a website, www.iqeqtq.com. I have lots of videos and articles and the services of things that I, I do for organizations or individuals because my work is around emotional intelligence and you know your transformation through that. Mm-hmm. I, I do have some upcoming conferences that I'm speaking at, the Emerging, Emerging Leaders Inner Circle Conference, which is in Pittsburgh on December 12th. And then I will be presenting at the Build Conference outside of Toronto in November 12th. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being a guest. And most importantly, thank you for being you. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.